This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Like a popular TV game show that is sweeping the airwaves right now, the Manchester City squad is full of faithfuls and some traitors. One of them is the club captain, who yet again has been embroiled in a front-page scandal. It's Tuesday the 30th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Lee Bardsley. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, everybody your home for daily Manchester City content. I'm your host today, or should I say trying to impersonate the wonderful Claudia Winkleman, Amos Murphy, and joining me are Ollie McCall and Luke Bardsley. Um, Ollie, I think anyone who follows you on Twitter will know that you are fond of the traitors, the the game show that I was referencing in the introduction. Luke, are you familiar with the uh, with the show? I mean, I've, I've only recently got into it and I have to say it's pretty good. I haven't actually watched it, you know. I'm probably one of the 1% of the country that hasn't watched it. I've, I've obviously seen the <laughs> clips on TikTok and uh, so I, I got the gist of it. I'm, it's very similar to sort of um, TV shows that we grew up watching, isn't it, with like on CBC, like Trapped and all them a sort of... A little bit. Yeah, it's, a it's like a bit. mismatch of a couple together, mm. isn't it? I haven't watched it personally. I've got people saying, you need to watch it, you need to watch it, but... Um, I, I've fallen into the trap of Love Island at the moment, and me and my girlfriend are loving it, and um, <laughs> we've really fallen into the trap. I've gone from, in the last two days, to saying I hate it, I hate everyone in there, I hate everything about it, to last night I wanted to vote. <laughs> Did you download the app? Uh, I didn't do it because we watched it on Catch Up, so I was 15 <laughs> minutes too late, but yeah, that, talk, that's talk, my talk. life at the moment, basically, people. <laughs> I've been a long-standard Love Island ultra. I think it's it's terrible. Like, don't get me wrong, it's awful, but it is good at the same time. Um, Ollie, question. If you could pick three City Report podcast contributors, including yourself, so basically two, to be uh, traitors with, um, who would you go for? Oh, we, and, you know, maybe a little synopsis as to why. Traitors with? So I'm, I'm, I'm a traitor. You're a traitor okay, as well, yeah. Okay. Um, I'd have to. I'd have to take ollie kirsch i think he'd be 
of all of us, I think he'd be. The, I, I think he'd be the best traitor. I think he'd be absolutely. I don't know if he can lie. I don't know if he can lie. Oh, I, he think, can. I think oh, he's. I, bet he I can. think he's. I think he's one of those who just lets off a little giggle for, when the. Um, for those the for those who've watched the later series, I think he is quite Paul like. I think he. I think he'd be brilliant in that sort of mm, perhaps a, accepting perhaps. the role. I take Andrew Detmer because he's methodical, and you don't want that kind of brain working yeah. against you. Okay, cool. I, I, I think I think for for what it's worth, I'd have gone I'd have gone Andrew, and I'd have probably gone Joe. I reckon Oliver Kirsch maybe just lets a little giggle. Um, too often. Anyway, that's enough traitors talk because we have got actual football to speak about. Um, as reference, we will do a little discussion on Kyle Walker. I wanted this episode to actually still continue the chat about the Tottenham win because it was a massive win so we will start off on a positive foot and maybe uh, well we will delve into the Kyle Walker stuff a little bit later on um Luke obviously Oliver Kirsch and I speaking of him uh we we dissected that game in, in pretty lengthy detail yesterday on on the Monday's show so if you haven't listeners go back and give that one a whirl but quickly what were your thoughts on the win obviously we're nearly approaching a week since the actual game itself it was on friday evening of course but for me still it, it probably will go down as whatever happens at the end of the season i don't know but it'll probably go down as one of those big wins of the season it felt like a monumental achievement for city i mean we were good like how many before yeah. how, how many times have we said this season oh we were good in like, both halves as well yeah it wasn't we, just one half yeah we we, we didn't we, we rose to the occasion i thought i i, mm. I mean we at Tottenham in previous years, we have sort of fallen into a shell, haven't we, and struggled. Yeah. But we had the ball in the, in the back of the net within the first six minutes, didn't we? It was disallowed, mm. obviously, but we, we looked positive, we looked vibrant, we looked like we had a game plan. And I think we really took it to Big Angeball, which I really like to see. <laughs> and, mate, how much better were we Kevin De Bruyne? Like, he's, yeah. He is... Like, the word talisman gets branded about a lot. And it just mm. gets thrown around. But he is our talisman. It's, it's mental how easy he makes the game look, how different he sees the game to your regular sort of players and how well he sort of contributes towards team performance. I thought we were excellent. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think that's a, a pretty good sort of um, analysis, really, uh, of the game itself. Um, Ollie, one thing that really struck me, actually, throughout the 90 minutes, I don't know if it's been picked up as much as maybe it should have been, but it was City's defensive performance, because speaking of Love Island, obviously it's well documented, Ruben Diaz's ex-girlfriend, they had a split, she went on the show. We saw over the weekend that Ruben Diaz um, got a fresh trim leading up to that Spurs game. You know, he, he was looking sharp and... He looked back to his best, and whether the two are connected, I don't know. But City at the back for me looked. I don't. I can't, I can't necessarily pinpoint a specific game, but they completely nullified Tottenham's threat, and it was a little bit like the treble winners that we saw sort of starting to evolve this time last year. Yeah, I mean, you got to say, short hair, single Ruben Diaz goes into the books of City law alongside <laughs> Ramadan Mares and Rudin Gundogan. Um, he, he's he, he just rises to the occasion, doesn't he? That guy, he's just all season we've been waiting for Ruben Diaz, especially to step up a little bit more. He's always been that kind of talisman of the defence. I mean, I agree with Oli completely. Um, Nathan Ake was, he's just like a silent assassin. He goes about his job, doesn't moan, barely makes a mistake, and he just always mops up after people. He was he was excellent, but I thought the 
strongest part of our defensive performance was from our midfield. Like we looked so solid with Kovacic and Rodri sort of holding. We we mm. we looked like we controlled the game a lot better than we have done in previous weeks. Obviously, Kovacic has had a little bit of a, a torrid start to Man City life with his injuries. He's not been able to get any sort of consistent form going, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But he's really coming to play. He's he's so different to Gundogan, but so similar. It's scary. <laughs> like he'll break away at pace, and he just looks so similar. And then. He just doesn't have that killer bite, but I feel like he's a lot, he's a lot better defensively. Like he gets mm. stuck in a lot. He's very good at transitioning as well from attack to defense. And I think that always helps when you've got center halves who know the job inside out. And when they've got midfield in front of them who they can rely on, I think it just works 100%. Yeah, it was it was a really composed performance from City. They they looked they looked like City, and I feel like we've kind of said that a couple of times. But maybe against lesser opposition, Huddersfield, you know, that was a really complete performance. Um, Sheffield United going back a couple a, a month or two now. That that was another one of those where I sort of kind of controlled the game from the off. But this was the first time we've seen it against high quality opposition. Um, shout out Kyle Walker as well. We're going to speak a little bit about him now. But in terms of his football performance, I thought he was. Great against Spurs. Um, maybe not so much from an attacking point of view. Ollie and I discussed that yesterday. But in terms of his defensive work, he got caught out once, but recovered, and that's what we want to see. That's all you can ask from him. Um, okay, let's 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 discuss the elephant in the room, and it is of course Kyle Walker's um, latest revelation. There was a, an interview with the Sun newspaper, who um, I will say, you know, have had an elaborate history of um, interesting stories. I think is the the most diplomatic way of putting at it there a super popular newspaper in the uk for right or wrong um however he, they had an exclusive interview with him where he essentially admitted to fathering a second child with another woman and um some of the quotes from that it says what i've done is horrible and i take full responsibility the only person to blame is me. I have roles and responsibilities that I'm aware of, and I've made stupid choices. Um, I need to own up to my mistakes. I owe it to everyone. Um, he goes on to speak a little bit about Pep Guardiola and obviously the transfer story that happened in the summer when he was linked to Bayern Munich and why he decided to go, why he was uh, sorry, why he decided to stay, and why he was even tempted to go in the first place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm sure most people have seen the quotes, but Ollie. Um, I will say, you know, we are bound by slander law. So um, if we can keep it, you know, somewhat PG, like let's, because I'm sure we all have strong opinions on this. But what did you make of it? Because I, I guess the word that came to mind for me was just totally unnecessary. Yeah, so it is an interesting situation and you want to be sensitive because it's, it is personal life, but it's, it's coming to the public sphere. But the thing is with Kyle Walker, you got to remember with him, this isn't his first scandal. This isn't his first time. You know, the controversies list on his Wikipedia page only seems to ever get longer. And then when he comes out and does an exclusive interview with probably the most disgusting newspaper in the country, everyone's least favorite newspaper. If you've got any sense of a moral compass, uh, I think is a light way of putting it. Um, it just, it rankles. It really, really rankles. I mean, I, I, I've said many a times that I wanted him out of the club for, you know, things he's done in the past. And that opinion hasn't changed. I think at the very least, the club need to be having serious discussions about what to do with the captaincy. Um, you know, because at the, at the end of the day, you, you know, we can talk about all the punishment he's getting as, as, as a dad and as a husband. You know, this is, most likely going to end in an acrimonious permanent separation between the two. Um, 
you know, it's most likely going to end with, you know, some, you know, some public spat that goes on for months and months and months. Um, however much both sides will be desperate for family privacy. Um, but at the end of the day, if he's coming out in an interview saying he misses, you know, putting his kids to bed, he misses his wife. He's incredibly, incredibly sorry when, you know, he was whilst out with having whilst having groin surgery in London, going to see his mistress and then finding out a month later in the physio room that he's pregnant. You know, these are things he said. These are things he's come out and admitted. You know, what what are we meant to do? What what are we meant to do with that? We're meant to say, okay, Kyle, yes, you can continue doing what you want when you want because it's your private life. Mate, if you're going to go and put it all over the papers, that's when the club have to step in. You know, the club will have had to have said something about this interview, you know, okayed it or said, go right ahead. We're not getting involved. We're not going to stop you. But at the same time, you know, they've got to step in now, you know, do something about it. And for me, that is stripping him of the captaincy. Um, You know, we see a different style of leadership. We see a different side to all these guys compared to what they get in the dressing room, which is obviously why and how he's ended up with votes for the captaincy. But at the end of the day, I don't think a guy can join the long list of captains that we've had at this club. Great people, you know, not just great footballers, but great people. Vincent Company, David Silva, Fernandinho, Ilkay Gundogan. There are last four captains, four of the most iconic, legendary players at this football club. Two of them have statues outside the stadium, and every single one of them get praised as much for the person they are as the player they were, and the player in some cases they still are. Um, you know, Carl Walker. We can talk endlessly about how good a footballer he's been, what a legend of this football club he's been. But off the pitch, you know, it's just, it feels like we get another one of these stories every six months to a year about Kyle Walker. You know, it's not like it's a one-time thing because you can, as a fan, you can almost not forgive, but look past a one-time thing. You know, my my moral compass is much more stringent and different to other people's. Um, but, you know, you look at the long line of things that have happened in Kyle Walker's private life that have spilled into his public personality and this is just another one of them uh it's not appreciated i don't think it's fair on the club that they have to keep going through this i don't think it's fair on on his teammates either because they'll be dogged with questions about this in the media no doubt um, when they go and do their own personal interviews um for everyone's sake this has to end in kyle walker being stripped of the captaincy for me um for his sake just as much um and if he wants to keep embarrassing himself doing interviews with the most disgusting paper in the country, he can do that. But, you know, he can't be doing that as Manchester City captain. He represents the club as Manchester City captain. And you can't be going through this again and again if you want to be Manchester City captain, whatever Pep promised him at that dinner. Because I can't imagine that dinner was just entirely about football at this point. Um, it's got to be something more personal. But at the end of the day, we've got to see a, a resolution to this um, from the club's point of view. And that, for me, is stripping him of the captaincy and giving it to someone, maybe just giving it straight to Kevin De Bruyne, maybe doing another vote for the players, which I think is an outdated method anyway. But yeah, it's time for everyone to move on because this shouldn't have come back into the spotlight, but it has. And now he's got to deal with those consequences for me. Perhaps difficult question, but should Kyle Walker hand over the armband? If not that, failing that, should Manchester City strip him of the armband? It's oh, it's such a weird situation, isn't it? Like the best way I'm going to describe it for our UK viewers is and the listeners is he's his life is an ITV drama at the moment. <laughs> it's been like you couldn't write it. 
it's mm. it's mental that someone it's is pretty actually, messy, isn't it? Yeah, it, that's what that's the word I'm looking for. It's messy. Like we speaking of all the island references, messy Mitch is very well, messy Kyle <laughs> is is very much in play here. Like I just I just don't understand like how he has been briefed and how he has been advised to go about it the way he's gone about it. Like mm. obviously we're not we don't know the situation. We we're, we're never gonna know the ins and outs. Like we, we can speculate all we want about why it's happened, what he's done, the Ex- like exactly what what we sort of will think he has done, but we, you you'll never know. Like first of all, it's it's a weird choice to do an interview with a national newspaper as well. Why would you not go about it when you've got media? Sort of he knows people in media. Why why doesn't he just go about? It? If he wants to make a video, wants to explain himself, why not make it self made or kind of go with a club? Seek advice on that. That's a bit of a weird scenario, mm. um, and. He just doesn't. He just doesn't come across as a nice guy, does he? He, he comes across as being completely wrong, and maybe it's his sort of now ex-wife who's kind of said, "Look, I need you to put this all out in the open because people need to think about her." Here, I think yeah, look yeah. past Kyle Walker. Like she is in the most horrible situation in the world, so maybe she's come out and said, "Look, I need you to put this all out in the open so everybody knows exactly what's happening." And if she has said that, then I respect it hundred percent, and it all makes sense. Like. At the end of the day, like people deal with situations differently, don't they? Um, if I was Man City at this moment in time, I wouldn't drop him as club captain, mm. but I would probably give him a bit of garden leave or however way you want to describe it, give him a couple of weeks sort of out there. Um, but Man City are brand nowadays. Like, if we well, what you need to think about is I know it's a horrible way to think about it because we're all kind of like football sort of loyalists, aren't we? But if he is dropped as club captain, it could tarnish the brand. It also mm. could work backwards in the form of people might be like, what's happening here? Like, and dive more into it. And I, uh, it's, mm. it's a lose-lose, which is a yeah. bad thing about it. In it's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. I, I think that loss was probably started when he was handed the, the reign as club captain. And I will yeah. say this is, is probably somewhat of a biased panel because I know, um, not to throw him under the bus, but Andrew Detmer's made the case privately to me and on group chats and whatnot that um, it isn't necessarily the uh, prerogative of, of City players to look at private lives. You know, their club captain is whoever they think in the dressing room is the strongest personality who can lead them to victory, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they're not taking this necessarily into consideration. But I think at some point there has to be a word from the club be that the manager, the sporting director, whoever's above that, whoever's below that, and say, you know what, that is that that can't happen because it's not his first misdemeanor. You know, he's he was obviously very publicly lambasted and, and had to come out and apologise for parties during lockdown. Um, in lockdown, lockdown as well, when everybody was at home, not the sort of <laughs> half-arsed lockdowns that followed mm-hmm. after that. He's obviously, uh, I think it was March last year, he was was given um, a court standing or, or something along those lines because of obviously his his incident in the bar with public indecency, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is just another one of those things. And City of the Treble winners, they run everything so perfectly on and off the pitch. One one five, notwithstanding, of course, we'll see how that one goes. But this just feels like a completely unnecessary, unnecessary problem for them to have hanging over the heads. And who knows if this is the last um, misdemeanor we hear of? History would tell you probably not. Maybe this has just publicly embarrassed him to a point where it will cause him to stop. 
does a leopard change the the spots? I don't know. Um, okay, that'll do for part one. Listeners, if you have any sort of questions that you want answering or any opinions, let us know. City Report Pod on all social media. But join us after this short break as we turn uh, our attention back to some more football. Um, Etihad Stadium, Wednesday night against Burnley. Stay exactly where you are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. As alluded to in yesterday's episode, back to five episodes a week up until the March international break. So we'll be bringing you your daily Manchester City fix up until then. Um, okay, then I want to turn attention to, in the final part of today's show, the Burnley fixture, because as usual on match day, we will have an in-depth preview for you to look forward to. That will come tomorrow, maybe even a little midweek trivia as well. But um, before we get out of here today, let's let's try and cover that game in as much detail as possible. Um, Ollie, it's a weird one, isn't it, for City? Because I think most people in isolation will look at this game and say, yep, City are going to win it, City are going to steamroll it, there'll be a free goal win, it'll be nice and comfortable. But if 2023-24 Man City is anything to go by, at least the first half of the season it could cause its own set of problems because we've been great in big matches. Well, maybe not in big matches, but it seems like when everything's been going well this season, along comes a game like this to mess it up. Yeah, I I actually have an interesting thought on this one because City have got a lot better at controlling and winning those games where it's 11 men behind the ball and and they've just got to find a way through. I think in this one, up against Burnley, a team that plays good football, mm. they're quite technical. You know, one counter-attack could turn them over here. Um, and we've seen that happen to City many, many times. You know, Vincent Company, as bad as Burnley's form has been, you get the feeling that, you know, if they get one chance, they're going to take it and then they're going to put 11 men behind the ball and just try and shut City out and then try and wind them up and get on their nerves a little bit. And then we've seen City... That that we've seen this game happen to them a few times, or it could end up like complete chaos, like the Chelsea four four. Mm. Um, you know, if the good City turn up, if the City we expect to see turn up, I don't think there's any problems here. You know, they'll probably walk out three, four, five goals to the good as they usually have against Burnley at home. But you know, if there's like one tiny little bit of complacency, I think it could just it could just become one of those games where we end up looking at it going, "What mm. are you doing, lads?" Um, but, you know, what is this? Seven games on the trot now. They look in good form. You know, Kevin De Bruyne being back is always a huge plus. Um, maybe, you know, Erling Haaland's been posting some cryptic things saying he's back, he's ready. A few <laughs> quotes. Pep said he wasn't ready for Tottenham, but, you know, there's a lot. There's been a few quotes coming out saying he's ready to get back. He wants to get back. You know, does Pep unleash him here? And he goes, you know, last time he played. Burnley at home, you know, put a hat-trick against them in the FA Cup. Does he do something like that here if he gets on the pitch? You know, it's Erling Haaland. I think if he's playing in this game, that's going to create some kind of mighty kind of narrative and he'll and he'll be up for it. Um, but, you know, we don't know if you will, but, you know, you're thinking Kevin De Bruyne is in form, Phil Foden's on the pitch, you know, Julian Alvarez probably on the pitch. 
Um, the defence is looking back to its usual self. City should. I'm not saying they will, but City should take this one out of value and just get th- and just get through. It's just a game to get through, but one tiny little bit of complacency, like we've mm. seen from City this season, and it could become problematic. Yeah, City should, not saying they will, but City should get through it is what I'm going to clip up at full time on Wednesday when Burnley have left the Etihad Stadium with all three points. Um, Fingers crossed, no. Um, Luke, yeah, Ollie makes an interesting point there in in the sense of complacency because I I think if you ask the players and you ask the managers, then they'd say, no, we've not been complacent this year. We've already won two trophies and we're starting what looks to be quite a, 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 well, hopefully for our sake, a lengthy winning streak in in terms of seven games on the spin so far. But I think we've all looked at performances, maybe against teams at home. I'm thinking of Crystal Palace, Um, Sheffield United. I felt like it was a good performance, but City could have probably gone on and added another couple of goals. If they were in better form, obviously, um, we're a couple of weeks beyond that, and hopefully those sort of chinks in the armor have been worked out. But this is a, a, a test, and, and a test that I think is an intriguing one because it isn't like the last two games we've had away to Newcastle, massive game, away to Spurs in the FA Cup, massive game. This is the game where if City are going to lose the league, for me, it's going to be in matches like this because. In the form we've seen City play in the last two, three, four weeks, you'd expect us to take on Arsenal. You'd expect us to take on United, Chelsea, you know, whoever it will be, Spurs away. We've won there now. Why can't we go and do it again? Um, however, it's getting these games out of the way, I think, could be proved to be the problem for City this season. Yeah, I think we are. This is the term mentality monsters are going to start now. I, I, <laughs> I feel for Burnley, me. Like they're playing us at the wrong time, like completely the wrong time. If it was three weeks ago, you'd probably fancy Burnley to come and maybe nick a point because. Uh, the thing is about Burnley, they're a good attacking side. Like they've got some good young players. Mm. I think they've got the lowest average age in the Premier League. Like they've got a good young squad. Check you out, Mister hey, hey, Andrew Decker. I hope you're listening, mate. There's one for you. Uh, but, but, but I don't, no idea if it's true. <laughs> it could be bollocks. I don't know. I've heard it once. I'm sticking with it. Uh, but yeah, they are shite at the back, and I, and I, I know a Burnley fan very well. Carrie Mozza, shout out, Mister Mozza on Instagram. He's quite big, um, mm. and. He'll openly admit that the shit at the back, like they concede very easily. They have got a very yeah. championship, but where they have, they don't have, they have no fear going forward. And I think it could be a very interesting game for the neutral if they start on the front foot and maybe take the game to mm. us. But I, I can't see anything less than a three or four nil for uh, Man City. Really, I, I'm yeah. I'm very very confident going into it. Can I also just say? This is a shit game for the match going fan at the moment. Like, there's train strikes goal. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the game. The price to tickets at like 60 quid ahead. Like, what is a club doing? Like, can we talk about that a bit, Amos? Like, why are we not kind of trying? Well, yeah, go for it. Because yeah. um, I think most people have seen on Twitter 61 quid, I think, is the, the, I don't know if it's the baseline price or it's the, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I need to go and have a look, actually. But it's look, it's going to be about over 120 quid to take a, a, an adult and two kids to the match, which in this current climate is, is pretty shambolic, really. And yes, City have rich owners, some of the richest in the world, but that doesn't mean to say the fans have rich owners. And you can imagine, Luke, can't you, that at full time had City, you know, maybe trundle to a 2-0, 3-0 win, Guardiola coming out saying, where are my fans, where are my fans, my home fans, blah, blah, blah. Last week at Spurs, we had 9,000, you know, what's going on? 
but they've got to look at stuff like this. Yeah, and we're at work. Like, I finish work at half five, for example. I'm working in Stockport. I'm going to have to get home to Glossop, which would take me 45 minutes to an hour, to then get into mm. town again. Like, it's logistically impossible to do that in two hours. Like, it, it is impossible unless trains are running or with some form of public transport. Like, it makes no sense. And the fact of the matter is, with Man City nowadays, we are a bit of a machine and we're ever-growing due to the treble and due to our success. Mm. So, on a weekend... You can't buy a ticket because, obviously, you've got people flocking from all corners of the world to come and see us, as they should do. If they're in Manchester, why would you not go and watch us? But on a Wednesday night, you're not going to get that because people, a lot of people don't do breaks at the end of January for two days in Manchester, mm. do you? Like, as it doesn't happen. <laughs> so why have they gone with this? Like, ludicrous is what I'm going to call it, pricing strategy. Mm. Like, I just can't. I can't fathom it. I know it is particularly disappointing, and on this show we've been we've spoken about it at length, and I, I guess all we can do is speak about it more and more until hopefully, fingers crossed, something changes. Because I mean, we can we've done episodes on it, we can do more episodes on it, but it just seems to be heading in a pretty bleak direction. Um, maybe that's something we address later on in the week, considering also sort of looking at how the atmosphere goes, and maybe considering something like that um, on one of Thursday or Friday's episode. But. Um, Ollie, then finally, just on the football, uh, you mentioned his name. He seems to be the ever present in conversations around City at the moment, given his return. But Kevin De Bruyne, um, I think maybe there was some kind of people expecting him to start Spurs. I wasn't personally speaking one of them. I think that would have been a foolish thing to do, given the sort of the intensity of the game. But he's going to have to start somewhere, isn't he? If we want him fit and firing for the running, is it going to be? This game against Burnley on Wednesday, does that present an opportunity where the game won't be as intense as a Tottenham away or Newcastle away, for example? I think this looks like the perfect game to start him. Um, Pep says he's fit for 90 minutes. I think Kev said he's now fit for 90 minutes. It's time to get him on the pitch from the start. Um, if if they want to be a bit more cautious and you know, give him only a second half here, I think that's fine. City have the firepower in their squad to win this game mm-hmm. without him. Um, but you know, if he's not starting this game, we should be expecting to see him in a week against Brentford. Um, but I think, I think, I think he should start. I think he's going to start. Um, and how great a moment that will be to see Kem De Bruyne, you know, on the pitch for the full 90, uh, for the first time Mm. since the start of the season, Burnley away, um, which is a kind of interest, a a little interesting coincidence, you know, assist for Erling Haaland. So, you know, like I said, maybe the, maybe the other big man's back as well. Um, and they can have a repeat of that game entirely. Uh, but yeah, it's time, it's time to see Kevin De Bruyne, you know, getting more and more minutes. Um, we play better with him. He's the absolute crux of this team without him. You know, we've done okay. We've done, we've done really well to cope without him in the past as well, but we are just a better side when Kevin De Bruyne is playing in the 11. We're just a better team for him. And, uh, you know, I think if we're going to do anything special this season, it starts here. Um, I mean, it started with the start of this win streak when we, when we won the Club World Cup, but it kind of starts here or when Kevin De Bruyne makes his first full return from his injury, yeah. and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's time for Kevin De Bruyne to get back on the pitch. Yeah, those games, sort of Club World Cup, maybe an FA Cup game here and there, maybe felt like the prequel to City season. Um, I don't know. It, it, it depends what comes after this, but it feels like now with that 
mid-season break out the way with us knowing what competitions we're going to be in sort of heading into spring now's the time really and and fingers crossed it continues against Burnley but um Luke thank you very much um your your extracurricular homework is to go and watch every single episode of the traitors from series one to series two within the next I don't know I'll set you 72 hours so um good luck with that yeah I'll try my best thank you very much as always a most pleasure (laughs) spending time with you and Ollie Ollie, likewise. I mean, I may start the Australian series. I don't know if you've uh, bothered with that. I've heard people saying it's pretty naff. So um, I just have to wait until the Winkleman comes back next year with Series 3. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched any of the international versions yet, even uh, the US version with Love Island stars and the ex-speaker of the House of Commons. I've not got around to it. Uh, (laughs) But the the show is made... For Claudia Winkleman, it's better for having Claudia Winkleman. So I'm, I think yeah. like you, I'll be waiting for Series Three, um, if not applying for it myself, because I would love, you know, two weeks away in a Scottish Highland Castle playing a murder mystery <laughs> game. <laughs> Do it. You've got to do it now. Um, you've said it out there. You've got to do it. I think you'd be a wonderful contestant. Um, listeners, maybe you're going to reply as well. Who knows? But until next time, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.